All right, go ahead and... Hey, cash credit check, 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 cash credit check. Here we go, pesos, denarii, dollars, cents, cash credit check. Hey, hey, hey. Looks bada good. bing, bada boom. Yep, yep, bada bing, bada boom. Indeed. All right, awesome. Well, welcome to Rocky Mountain Food Report, the podcast. Uh, I'm Dion Roberts, your host, and today I have a very special co-host and guest, uh, Mr. Tyler Hill, founder of Loyal Coffee. What's good? What's good? Yeah, what's going on, man? Just hustling along. Yeah, yeah. just getting through the holiday season, uh, which is really crazy in some coffee shops. You know, you you got to hustle and be open for the people when all their family's in town, and uh, so we just got through Thanksgiving, which was a blast, and uh, we were actually open on Thanksgiving to serve the people, which is something we're always so proud of. And uh, yeah, we're just hustling through the fall time, and it's uh, it's super good. So, I mean, it seems obvious that a warm beverage yeah. of coffee would be, you know, a seasonal thing, but but mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, is this a, a busier season for you? Yeah, it's, you know, over the years in the industry, whether I've been running cocktail bars or coffee shops, it's it's really fascinating. Um, the seasons like this, where it's uh, there's a lot of holidays and a lot of things going on, it's very volatile. So, like say for example, the week before Thanksgiving and kind of that week of Thanksgiving, when everybody's family is getting into town, you'll get shalamied. I mean, it's really busy and that whole kind of thing. But now everybody's starting to go shopping and and they're trying to save their money and they're like budgeting. So actually like a little bit before Christmas, it gets slow. And then again, when everybody's family starts coming into town and everybody's kind of festive spirits start to arise, then you get crunched again. And so it's really up and down. It's really fun. Um, but it's always so fun to be just in and around and be part of people's traditions and, and gatherings of people. And, and that's pretty sweet. So, uh, and then, yeah, come Christmas week, you're just hustling and it's super nuts. And then uh, after that, everybody seems to get credit card remorse and then they don't go to coffee shops for a few weeks. So uh, <laughs> come right after Christmas, it slows down a little bit. But, but again, the people that do come out, you know, it's usually your regulars, the people that you know really well, the people in the community. And that's always, uh, it's always just such an honor to to serve, uh, serve the awesome people in our city. And Loyal Coffee, I mean, you you speak to regulars. I mean, any business, um, I think any thriving business, successful business, has um, a really core group of regulars. Sure. Um, and, I mean, at Loyal, you go in. I mean, I know I'm going to run into some of the same people every time I walk in that door. Totally. Um, I mean, is that something that you really wanted to cultivate um, with that community? Or, I mean, do you like kind of having that new person walk in that's never had a pour over? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, on a really practical sense, like you need regulars to sustain business and to stay alive. Sure. Um, and, and for us at Loyal, we would say that our, our common purpose, we say this often, that our common purpose is community by way of coffee. We want to help engage, encourage, and elevate community. And so on one level, what we, we love so deeply is is having people come over and over and over. Uh, to meet their friends or to hang out with us because that means we're inherently fulfilling the purpose, the reason why we built Loyal Coffee in the first place. So when we have regulars, I think that's a great sign that we're actually doing what we set out to do. We love serving great coffee. We love roasting it and brewing it, but really community is why we exist. So having regulars is awesome. At the same sense, like every time a new guest comes in and it's their first time, whether they're people who always enjoyed coffee at a different style of coffee shop or 
They heard about the guest experience at Loyal. Uh, whenever they take a risk to go to a new place, I think that's always such an honor. Like people have their routines, they know what they love. And so when they take the opportunity to go out of their way to try something new, that's just so exciting. It's such an honor for us. And so um, while we do love regulars, it's so exciting to have new people uh, because getting to serve somebody maybe uh, really, really well for the first time in a setting like that is, uh, is a really, really fun thing to do. Yeah. So something that um, you've said to me in a past interview that always stuck with me, and I yeah. probably, if I haven't said it a thousand times, I haven't said it once, but you said, water the grass at your yeah, feet. Sure. And when we were talking about you opening Loyal mm-hmm. and just in the Colorado Springs market, uh, I mean, because you've gotten national recognition uh-huh. on many levels, uh, whether yeah. with your baristas or roasters or yep. just, I mean, haven't you been named one of the best coffee shops in the nation yeah. a couple times over? Sure. <laughs> yeah. USA Today just said we we're the top 10 coffee companies in America, which was which was really cool. That's rad. Um, and just, uh, yeah, really thankful for that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's so funny thinking about Loyal Coffee now in the city and the landscape of Colorado Springs now in comparison to when we opened Loyal the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the narratives were entirely different. Uh, You know, when we first opened Loyal, most of my friends were leaving town. They were moving to Portland, Austin, Seattle, uh, New York, you know, because the food was better, the art was better, all of these things. Um, And partially they were right, you know, and, but at the same sense, you know, you can either choose to leave and go find what you want, or you can choose to water the grass at your feet and say, I'm going to make something beautiful where I am. And that was really what we tried to do with Loyal was water the grass at our feet. And so uh, what's so interesting, though, is is over the last, you know, Loyal just had his three-year birthday um, on October 1st. Uh, that the narrative about Colorado Springs is not the same, that people speak about Colorado Springs differently. Uh, They uh, have a different sense of pride, I think, about the city. And I think it's because a lot of people, like Loyal isn't the only people, right, who have have taken ownership, who have stood our ground, who have rooted ourselves in the city. There's lots of people who have done it. It's not a narrative exclusive to Loyal Coffee. Lots of people have done that, and we've seen the positive remark or the positive results of people choosing to stick it out, choosing to invest in the city, choosing to water the grass at their feet. So it's been crazy opening our second location in this place where people are really proud of it. And so for us, it's almost uh, an issue now of maintaining the pride in the city. Okay, first we were trying to say there's something to be proud of. Now we're saying we are hella proud of this. Let's continue it. Let's continue to keep that standard high and continue to progress on some level what people are expecting, especially from the coffee scene here in Colorado Springs. Right. And so you opened your downtown location three years uh-huh. ago yep. and then just recently opened one in Northgate, correct? You got it. Way yeah. up on the north side of town. So, yeah, we uh, we opened that on October 1st. So both of our coffee shops, birthday is October 1st, which was really fun. Smart. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, we just opened that a couple couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, and it's been it's been a rodeo. Um, our grand opening week was, was nuts. I don't know if I've ever worked harder in my life. Um, just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people came through our coffee shop that week, and it was just such an honor. And uh, it's been fun to try and fulfill the purpose of creating community by coffee in a, in a new neighborhood with new people who have different needs and who have their own different kind of ideas of what their community needs to be like and look like. And it's been fun to see how Loyal has been able to play a part in uh, some of the developing communities up there on that side of town. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. It's been nuts. But it's like I said, any opportunity we get to serve coffee we love to people we love, we're all about it. 
So what would be some of the discrepancies you would be able to mention between the downtown location and Northern Colorado Springs? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the culture of people is just really different for one, you know, um, definitely not one is better than the other by any stretch, but they're just definitely different. And so, um, you know, you have a lot more families, a lot more people that's going out to a coffee shop on the north side, uh, you know, with their kids and spouses and bigger groups, that kind of thing. Uh, you have a lot more folks who are working. So we have a lot of work meetings on the north side okay. versus downtown. There's a lot of people maybe coming to get a coffee and, and read a book by themselves or they're about to go out on a hike where we've had a lot of meetings, a lot more gatherings on the north side. Uh, yeah, you know, so just the demographic of people is different. It's a different neighborhood. It's a different community. And so they have different needs and it just changes things, which at Loyal and really in the world of hospitality, we're really proud of, you know. I think a lot of times uh, organizations try to make uh, the service they give, the product they give, all about themselves and what they really like. And you have to focus on that some, right? Sure. You know, you have to focus on what your area of expertise is. But it's important that you don't think so much about yourself that you forget to think about the guests. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things we've been having to work really hard at is working to curate a guest experience that is appropriate for the particular culture, needs, desires, and wants of the people on that side of the town because it's different than than the people downtown. And so um, the space is also much bigger. It's uh, We have 20 more seats than we do downtown. Um, it's almost double the size in square footage. Uh, and we also have a rentable meeting room up there, which is really cool. So um, people that want to have business meetings, boardroom meetings, that kind of thing can also rent out a really elegant, really beautiful meeting room up there. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just fun. And a lot of people, the other, I think the last thing is just there's a lot of people that would drive from the north side to come downtown and, mm -hmm. and enjoy Loyal Coffee downtown. But uh, – they would only do it once a week because they didn't want to make the drive. They didn't want to go all the way out of their way where now they can go two or three times a week and they can have a local specialty coffee shop um, there in their neighborhood or close, which has been a really fun thing that we can do for the people up there. Yeah. And I mean, whenever we talk, the word community is mm -hmm. is always a thread. Um, sure. So and one thing that you've done at Loyal is um, you have a program that yep. it honors people going to visit other local coffee shops. You got shops. it, yeah. So what is that called? Yeah, it's called the Disloyalty, Disloyalty. Card. <laughs> and uh, so a couple times a year we release it. We'll probably release one here in the new year. Um, so we don't, it's not always available because we kind of like to keep it fresh and keep <laughs> sure. it exciting. But uh, here in a couple of weeks or probably a month or so, we'll release the next iteration of it. And so what you do is you come into Loyal and you get the card and it has logos of a myriad of different coffee shops in town that we love and appreciate. And then um, you take that card and you go to other coffee shops in town. And then when you go to their coffee shop, you get the card stamped. And when that card is entirely full, you bring it back to Loyal Coffee and we'll give you a free cup of coffee for uh, hanging out and buying coffee at our friends' coffee shops, which is which is really fun. And we've been doing that since day one. That program's been alive at Loyal and we're excited to continue the tradition. Yeah, I mean, the coffee culture in Colorado entirely, but I mean, in the spring specifically, has been, um, you know, impressive to say the least and I mean what Thank is you. it do you think um, that differentiates Loyal from some of the other coffee shops or is it just you know a lid for every pot there's just something different um, you know is, is it the ambiance yeah. or sure yeah that's a good question I think um, you know at Loyal we we really pride ourselves on the guest experience and in hospitality um, and thinking about um, you know trying to create a full five senses experience for all of our guests 
Well, we don't do that out of a heart of saying, okay, like this is the way we can be the busiest or the the like best and get all the awards. Like we really believe our guests deserve a full immersive experience as much as we can provide them, that they provide the best hospitality because our guests deserve it. Because when guests come to a place and it's hospitable, when guests come to a place where they feel seen, loved, heard, and taken care of, when we can meet their needs, they're going to come back. And when guests comes back, that's when community happens. And so if you create a space that's just a one-off experience, but it's not something that's engaging enough where they want to come back, community won't inherently happen. And so that's why we're trying to do loyal the way we do it is 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 with the heart of community and trying to foster community. So I don't know if necessarily I feel comfortable or if I can say like that's what we do that makes us different, right? Because I sure. think there's other coffee shops that also offer great hospitality, mm-hmm. and I think we all offer great coffee and we all do things with our own twist and things that are a little bit different. And and there's some really beautiful things that there's other coffee shops and cocktail bars and Colorado Springs do. But I definitely can tell you what we focus on. And before we focus on coffee although we focus on it a lot before we focus on interior design although we focus on it a lot uh, we love our interior design the way we treat our people the way we speak to our people the way we engage with them and serve them is by far the most important thing to us because that's what we believe will truly foster great community honestly yo when all is said and done if our coffee quality went down uh but we still served people well like that's what would be really important to us um it's all about the people. Now, fortunately, we can do that and serve really tasty coffee and serve award-winning coffee and all of that all at the same time, which makes it even better. Absolutely. So, and tell me a little bit um, about your background. Um, I know you've, you were working at principal's office yep. once upon a time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so inside yeah. Ivy Wild School. So is your background, would you say, as a, as a bartender more or as a... Where yeah, would you go that, with that? that's a good question. Um, so it, it's really a crazy story. Uh, I I'm here for it. I let's do it. <laughs> um, when I was in college, I used to go by a coffee shop called Colorado Coffee Merchants, which is still down there off of Fillmore. And uh, one of the guys who's now my business partner, Eric, um, he was one of the roasters there. And actually, Bevin also at one point, who's also one of my business partners, also roasted there um, back in the day. And long story short, I would go there and I would taste the coffee and it was really the only place that had like coffee that tasted different than just like Starbucks or, you know, whatever you got at the diner. And it really illuminated me. It was something that was just really, really special. And I was so excited. And so I kept going there over and over and over and I kept asking questions and I kept trying to learn. And then uh, I I tried to work there five times. I applied there five times and they never hired me um, for whatever reason. And it doesn't, it wasn't really Eric. I think Eric would have hired me if he wanted to because um, after a year of me just pestering them and bugging them, um, Eric was asked to be the general manager at the principal's office, which was the cocktail bar and coffee shop inside Ivy Wild School. So he knew that I had this like fire under my butt and that I was just like super jacked on learning about coffee. So he tracked my phone number down, called me and said, yo, I want you to come work with me learn about coffee that whole thing so then I went I worked there I was on the founding team of the principal's office and I did a lot of both Um, I did a ton of bartending and then I ended up getting married and uh, just you know when your wife works in the day bartending at night is just really difficult so then I went kind of all in on coffee and then that's really when my career really began to uh, take shape and really solidify in the service industry but I think the thing more than anything whether I was making cocktails whether I was making drinks 
is when I started working at Ivy Wild, I started to see the power of a good guest experience. I started to fall head over heels in love with the idea of trying to create meaningful experiences for other people. And so before I would ever say that I'm a cocktail expert or a, a coffee expert, um, that that really what I fell in love with was was hospitality and working there was the first place where I really got to see how important creating meaningful experiences for other people was and and that's really where I fell in love with hospitality so maybe my background is in coffee maybe it's in cocktails but more than anything my passion lives in that guest experience hospitality world and you do offer cocktails at Loyal. Yeah, so in Colorado Springs, we offer cocktails downtown and then beer and wine downtown. At the Northgate location, we only offer beer and wine. Okay. And because I've heard, I have not had it myself yes. yet, yet being the key word. Yes. Uh, I heard that you make a mean old fashioned. Yeah, I like it's, it's, you know, it's always weird bragging about yourself, I suppose, but um, this is it's time. a killer <laughs> old fashioned. And um, it's only $10. And the reason I say that is because considering the ingredients that are in it, um, if you're at any other traditional cocktail bar, um, using 291 rye, using Willet, like a couple of the ingredients that we use in the blend we, we, we use to make the cocktail. I mean, it could easily be a, a $20, $25 cocktail if you went to like Death & Company in, in, in New York City or in, uh, in Denver. So it's a $10 cocktail, like really high-end whiskey, um, especially featuring the homies at 291 And uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm head over heels in love with it. It's one of the things I'm really proud of. Cool. So you said it, it's the 291, it's Willet, and then what, do you use any specific bitters? Because I always feel like that really yeah, changes Yeah, so we the definitely shape. use uh, we use a pretty traditional bitter makeup. We also use some brandy in it oh, um, and okay. some special little extra stuff. So uh, so it's it's definitely an old-fashioned, but it's got a little more complexity to it than just whiskey sugar bitters. But, yeah, we use the pretty traditional Angostura 2 to 1, Angostura 2 uh, orange bitters in it as well. Okay. So. All right, um, I gotta get on that. Yeah, you got to. You got to. We also got it like down, and these are all downtown. But we have a Negroni on tap. The old fashioned is on tap. So all of those cocktails actually get kegged, and they come out of the tap system just like a beer would. Awesome. Um, so yeah, the cocktails downtown are dope and are super underrated. And if you want to do something that not a lot of people know about in Colorado Springs, uh, getting the cocktails at um, Loyal is uh, is the real deal. Nice. Well, I got to put that on the list. How how later is the downtown location? Open? Downtown's open till 10 p.m. and the north location is open till 9 p.m. Okay, and so kind of backtracking to what you said, I mean, whether it's coffee or cocktails, uh-huh. I and mean, hospitality is yeah. your jam. Yeah. And you pretty recently launched mm-hmm. a podcast yep. yourself. I sure so did. Yeah. Can you expand upon that? So, yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, throughout my time working at Ivy Wild, uh, and like I said, uh, making drinks, whether it's cocktails, coffee, serving wine. Um, you know, I just fell in love with hospitality. And and one of the things that I really learned was that too many organizations and tons of people, um, while it's maybe not intentional, they leave the guest experience to chance. They just throw people out there and they say, give good customer service and, and, and just try your best and see what happens. But really, they're leaving most of the experience to chance. And as I kept working, I I realized that I was leaving the guest experience to chance when I was a bartender serving drinks. Sometimes I'd serve a guest and things would go really well and other times they wouldn't and I couldn't figure out why. And really the reason was, was because I was winging it. 
And then over time, as I became a leader in the industry, as I began to manage at the principal's office, and eventually I own my own coffee company now, um, you know, I realized how much we were leaving the guest experience to chance. And so pretty much what I did is I just fell head over heels. Uh, I jumped you know, cannonball into the pool, learning about hospitality and the guest experience and really trying to figure out what were the keys, what were the consistent things that people would do that that would allow them to create great experiences for their guests. That way I could implement it in my bartending, that way I could implement it in my own organizations. And what I learned is that a lot of people were like me and that they needed help and that they wanted to figure out how they could better create meaningful experiences for their guests. And so we launched the podcast called Meaningful Hospitality, which talks a lot about that. And then I've also been doing a lot of coaching and consulting. And uh, I've also been giving my keynotes uh, to various people all over the industry, teaching them how they can consistently deliver meaningful experiences to their guests. And so it's become a great passion of mine and um, and being able to use Loyal as a training ground and as a place to experiment and really manifest my ideas in a very, very practical way has been a pretty special thing. And uh, and I'm so proud of our, our team at Loyal and how they deliver such great experiences. Uh, hospitality and how they work so hard to deliver such a great guest experience. Um, the team at Loyal is just uh, probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my whole life. That's awesome. So can you give us a little nugget of what, like, how is a way that you can take mm-hmm. it out, you know, yeah. take the chance out of it and sure. make it, you know, foolproof? Yeah, I would say the first thing that most people don't necessarily consider is, is hiring and how they hire. And I think in the same way most people leave the entire guest experience to chance, um, people often leave hiring to chance. So I'll sit down with someone, I'll say, okay, tell me about like how you hired that person. They say, well, I asked this question, that question. And then I'll say, why did you ask that question? They'll say, I don't know. (laughs) And then I'll say, how'd you make that decision? And then they'll say, well, I just made a gut decision about it. And then I'll say, Uh, Did you have bad hot wings or was your gut telling you the right thing? They don't really know why. There's no strategy or intention behind why they um, are hiring the people they do. And if you want to deliver a great guest experience, it's all about the people. You know, sports teams don't just take a chance on who they bring in. Like if a sports team wants to be elite, they bring in elite players, right? It's the same thing in hospitality. And so one of the major focuses when we do coaching is um, teaching people how to hire better, giving them a strategy, teaching them how to ask questions, teaching them what questions to ask and what to look for when they're asking questions. It's really just a matter of being intentional and saying, okay, this is our plan, this is our strategy to hire people that are gonna crush it in our organization. The reality is there are people out there who are more prone than others to thrive in a certain bar than another bar. There's people out there that are more prone to thrive in my coffee shop more than another one. Same way, you know, it goes on the flip side. There's people more prone to thrive in another coffee shop than they would in mine. So it's my job to find the people that are most likely to thrive in my culture, in my context, and for my guests. And those are the people you want to hire. And that's the first step, at least, in really trying to curate a meaningful experience for guests is finding super great people. And it starts by hiring with significantly more intentionality. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes total sense. I like the yeah. sports analogy. Yeah, totally. I don't say that a lot. But yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, in anything, like it all comes down to the people. If you want to make a great software, like you've got to hire great software developers. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? But like, it's just so funny how in hospitality, most people just, there's no plan or strategy in hiring. And I think that ultimately hurts hurts organizations in the long run. It's like, what's your availability? And if it meets that, then people... If it works, yeah. then yeah, I guess we'll give it a shot. And that's sure. just not 
that's just not going to cut it when you're trying to consistently deliver great guest experiences. So hiring, I mean, I want to give a little shout out yeah. to your chef. Sure. Um, so, I mean, when you go into a coffee shop, I yep. mean, part of that experience is sometimes like a little, like an awesome breakfast burrito or muffin uh-huh. or whatever. And, and you you really go above and beyond that at Loyal. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Chef Jacob Cheatham, yep. um, good hire. Yeah, he was a good hire. <laughs> um, you got that right. So, what are some of, so does your, your menu does change slightly, right? A yeah. It, you know, it has changed over time. So for us at Loyal, we're not really looking to have a like seasonal menu per se, as much as we want one that is, uh, that's just excellent and great for as many guests as possible. So what that does mean is that it evolves over time, mm-hmm. right? You learn things and you change. And that's another part of creating a good guest experience, right? Is not just getting so stuck in your own ways and getting so married to your ideas that you don't listen to your guests and you don't use data to try and change your mind or change your philosophy. So at Loyal, we've definitely tried to listen and we've really tried to evolve some things. And so definitely since day one, three years ago, the food program has changed some. Uh, But we really do want to offer a consistent experience. And so hopefully when you come into Loyal, you can know what you're gonna get, you can expect it, and hopefully that expectation is that your food is going to be bomb. And so um, so with that being said, um, Chef Jacob has done a lot to help us innovate a, a unique menu for a coffee shop like ours. Uh, and he's done a lot to help us evolve and develop and grow our uh, food program over time as well. So even the North Cafe, because we built it a little different, we learned a lot of lessons from downtown. There's a few different food options and offerings up north than there are downtown um, because we have some new technology and some new uh, strategies that we're trying to develop. But over time, I think you'll you'll continue to see a lot more consistency out of our food menu, if anything. But what that does mean is the more simple we are, the more consistent we are, the better the food will be over the long term. And that's something we're always looking forward to doing. So, I mean, for someone that hasn't come in, I mean, yeah. there's beautiful toast options uh-huh. of, uh, of an assortment. Oh, yeah. uh, what are some of the things that you'd like to highlight that you think Jacob does? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's so simple and it's and I sometimes feel funny saying this even on a food podcast or whatever. But um, the egg and toast is by far, you know, the most popular thing. And it's a it's just a really, really good two pieces of bread um, toasted with a soft boiled egg and, and some really elegant butter. And it, it sounds so simple simple but I mean by far that's what we sell the most of um, by um, by leaps and bounds people just love it and it's just a simple it's like kind of light but it's not gonna uh, but it's gonna fill you up but you can still go on a hike after you eat it you know mm-hmm. and it's so tasty and it's it's just really good so that's our most popular thing is the egg and toast I mean we have guests who have got it five days a week for three years um, wow. I mean and just love it um, but we debuted up on the north side of town um, some new breakfast sandwiches which is hella cool. Uh, so these are only available up north for now. Um, but we have like a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich and a ham, egg, and cheese sandwich. Classic. And, and, uh, but they're, uh, they're really good. We have this uh, spiced honey glaze that J- Chef Jacob made for us um, that gives it just a little bit of uniqueness and a little bit of, uh, yeah, just a little bit of uh, kick and sweetness. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's a, just an amazing breakfast sandwich that I think you'd be really excited about. Um, also, we offer a few other healthy options on the north side that are new. Uh, we have a granola bowl up there and a quinoa bowl, which are new to Loyal Coffee that uh, the people are also really, really enjoying. 
Nice. So once upon a time, we had a conversation about quality and local uh-huh. sourcing. And sure. um, when you opened Loyal, you yep. were churning your own butter, right? Yeah, we were. <laughs> so not anymore. We don't do that anymore. You know, sometimes like that's one of those things where you like have to learn what, what do the guests really value and, and what's best for them. And the truth is, is that we bought, we were able to buy a butter that was about just as good, if not as good. And by buying that, it gave us opportunities to spend more time in the front of house, taking care of guests, um, and really working on developing uh, products that the guests could tell the difference in. You know, so sometimes we spend so much time doing things that don't matter, and that guests might not notice. And unfortunately, the guests didn't really notice the handmade butter. So we ended up buying that, and then we hand make some other things like our chocolate. Or um, right now, we have a seasonal oatmeal cookie syrup that's like to die for and you know you just learn and adapt and some things are good ideas and some things aren't and the butter probably wasn't our best idea but don't worry we still buy a good butter and (laughs) and people still love our toast so do you um work with any local purveyors like uh do you work with a local bakery or where do you source yeah so um we get our pastries from the french the the french bakery in manitou uh then we get our bread from la baguette uh, and they are just, they've been some of our like loyal partners, uh, since the beginning and they're so consistent and they, they are a great company to work with. We, we love getting bread from them. Um, our honey comes from, uh, a place in Salida, Colorado. We get our jam from a place in Pueblo. Um, yeah. And then we've done myriad of different, uh, ceramic things like that. We've worked with some local artists, all of our woodworking, all of our major woodworking in, in the space was done by Westside design works. So that's like a good local partnership we have. Uh, yeah, we do a lot of fun things. Like I know this isn't food necessarily, but we sell a t-shirt, um, kind of going off that water, the grass at your feet idea. Yeah. We sell a t-shirt that's green actually, which isn't on brand. It's kind of a misfit shirt but it's it's got some grass growing on it it's it's a really fun design um but we also we sell a packet of seeds with the shirt so that you can like literally go home and water the grass at your feet so if you buy the shirt there's some seeds with it and those seeds were donated from pikes peak urban gardens so it's like a little partnership we do with them and then we donate some small proceeds to them and uh yeah so like even that's like a fun little partnership you get the shirt that communicates this idea of what law is all about and then you get some seeds and you can plant something and you can it's like they're all like microgreens and stuff so yeah, we do a lot of little things, and we love connecting and working with people as much as we can. That's super warm and fuzzy. I yeah, love isn't that. It? <laughs> but I know something we discussed too was, I mean, it's so great to, um, you know, to nurture those loyal part or those local partnerships. Sure. Um, and but at the end of the day, too, you want to give the best guest yes. experience. So quality is uh-huh. going to be, uh, you know, at the forefront of that. Yes. So maybe going elsewhere, like you said, maybe uh-huh. not churning your own butter yep. or I mean if there's a chocolate shop in yes. Oregon that just is killing it then yep. it's worth shouting out so I mean that I counterculture would, yeah. idea and is I, interesting I think uh, it's a it's a really fine line to 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 walk you know um you know one of the one of the struggles I think when you're in a even a smaller community like I still feel like College Springs is kind of a small community even yeah. though we're growing so radically fast is there is an attitude that says okay support local at all costs Right. And, and we believe that like we want to support local but I think one of the problems in in those kinds of places at least is is and and this maybe is more of a personal opinion I'm not necessarily speaking all the way on behalf of loyal coffee here but like when you support mediocrity you're actually not helping the community 
And so sometimes there's places that make a mediocre product and lots of people buy it just because it's local, even though it's not good. And I don't think that helps because ultimately that place isn't going to thrive. Like it's only going to last so long mm-hmm. where when you support the places that are doing things with excellence, uh, you know, the, the rising tide raises all the ships. And so when there's a place that's doing really well, it inspires and forces other places to do to do better. And so one of the things we want to be careful of, I think, just as as community members is is not supporting mediocrity, but really trying to uh, power and and help the people who are doing things with excellence. And so at Loyal, we really try to do that. If it's if it's on the fence and it's between one product and the other and they're both just as good, of course, we're going to buy the local one. And if there's something we can do to help the local one do a little bit better, of course, we're going to do that. Um, but it is important that we don't just support mediocrity or else things will stay mediocre. And I think that's some of the difference of what's happened in Colorado Springs in the last two or three years is that the rising tide has um, risen a lot of the ships. There's been people who have done things a little bit better. They've paid attention to interior design more. They've paid attention to their recipes more. They've paid attention to hospitality more, and it's forced other people to do the same thing. If they're going to keep up, they've also got to elevate, in which case now we have more businesses that have elevated themselves. And and so just shopping local blindly is not helpful and doesn't help a community, in my opinion. So it's really it's a really big deal to to really empower and, and help the people that are that are actually elevating and helping making progress because that will in turn help anybody um, who's in the city I believe yeah I totally agree um, kind of speaking to quality too um, when we first met and uh, had our first coffee combo sure um, you know I just blindly thought I was a dark roast coffee growl sure and sure. you gave me a you gave me an education sure. on the science of roasting a uh-huh. little bit so for our listeners that yeah. maybe don't know yet and didn't have that conversation with you. How is it that you go about roasting coffees at Loyal? Yeah. That makes them- so, you know, th- there's a whole bunch to it. But, um, you know, coffee, just like anything, kind of has its own DNA. And you could consider that DNA ingredients, I suppose. So just like wine or just like anything, the where it grows, the way the weather is in that place, the soil – all of those factors contribute to the DNA of a coffee seed um, or a coffee cherry. And so that seed grows up and it, it gets processed and it gets sent to a roastery and it has a special DNA that tastes a certain way. So when we get it, it's our turn. We, we roast it in order to make it consumable. And so you can roast it in a couple ways. You can roast it in a way that will make that DNA or the ingredients inside that little coffee seed taste great. Um, Or you can roast it to a point where you taste less of the DNA inside the coffee seed and you taste a lot more of the char or the burn kind of on the outside of it. So say, for example, you and I, we were going to go out and bake cookies. And you went to the farmer's market. You got really good ingredients. You got, you know good flour or uh, you know artisan chocolate, the whole thing. And I went and got all my ingredients at 7-Eleven. And you and I both baked our cookies black. I mean black as sin. Whose would taste better, do you think? I think they would taste the same. Exactly. <laughs> they would taste exactly the same. And the darker and darker you roast coffee, the less and less the ingredients, the DNA of that coffee matters because you can't really taste it. But if you and I were to both bake our cookies golden brown, you would taste the DNA of your cookie more than mine. You would taste the ingredients in your cookie way more than mine, and yours would taste better. 
So at Loyal, our first philosophy is we want to buy coffee that has good, you know, quote unquote ingredients. We want to buy coffee that has a good DNA. And then we want to roast it to a point where we can actually taste the DNA of that coffee. Now, some of those coffees taste chocolatey and nutty. Some of those coffees taste really sweet and floral and fruity. They're different depending on where they are, where they grew up and that sort of thing. But the point is, is we want to roast them in a way where we can actually highlight what exists in the coffee because of where it was grown and how it was farmed. And so at Loyal, we definitely live on the lighter side of coffees. Um, but what that doesn't mean is that there's still not a good, nice, robust chocolate coffee out there. It's just a matter of buying the coffees that come from the countries and places that taste like that. And so, um, yeah, we definitely tend to roast on the lighter side. And um, and that's what we find uh, we enjoy and what we found that a lot of our guests also enjoy a whole bunch. So as far as origin, um, uh-huh. do you have any uh, preferences? Or is yes. it like getting dressed? <laughs> most definitely. I love African coffees the most. Um, I, I, for a long time, Ethiopian coffees were probably my favorite. Those tend to be a lot more fruity and floral. Uh, I tend to gravitate a lot more towards Kenyan coffees right now. Um, you know, they have a little bit more like acidity and a little bit more complexity and sweetness. Um, so, yeah, African coffees tend to be what I enjoy the most. And Kenya's right now are definitely my jam. If someone was to come in and try something of that nature and they are new to a pour-over experience, um, would you kind of encourage them to not sweeten or add milk to the coffee before trying yeah, it? Or? I, you know, I think at Loyal, it's really important to us that we're a, a an accessible coffee company. Um, we don't want to be a place that's just forcing things on people. You know, again, we really believe that the guest experience is about the guest. It's not about us. So I could be so excited about all these coffee things. But if the guest doesn't care, if the listeners don't care, then who am I to tell them all these things that I love about coffee? But if it is somebody who is interested in learning, um, yeah, you should definitely take a risk and you should try to taste it um, as it is. One of the kind of tricks of the trade, too, is um, your mouth can only taste something that's so hot. And so a lot of times when you have a coffee that's just freshly brewed or one that's really hot, you're actually not tasting anything. So one of the fun things is people have never really taken the time to let coffee cool down a little bit to where they can actually taste the flavors of the coffee. And so um, I would highly suggest for one, at least giving it a chance, like don't put your cream and sugar in yet and just taste it and see. And secondly, I would also suggest letting it cool down so you can really taste it for what it is. And and so for some people, that it illuminates them and they found something new and a new hobby and other people want to keep drinking coffee like they have for a long long time and that's also super okay and at loyal coffee we are proud to serve you a nice coffee with cream and sugar and let you enjoy our space Um, we are very very okay with that at loyal Um, you know because again when all is said and done it's about the community for us and so um, while we do like specialty, really elite, fun coffees, like we want people to gather, and that's most important. And you do offer some some forums for people that want to learn a little bit yep. more about coffee. Uh-huh. You do cuppings on Saturdays. Yeah, so that's the, that's the fun one for sure. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., we do a free coffee cupping, which is just fancy coffee talk for a coffee tasting. And uh, that's 10 a.m. at the Ivy Wild School, so 1604 South Cascade Avenue. And uh, you'll just see a big garage door that'll be open, and we'll be in there tasting coffee. So you can go and taste, ask our roasters any questions, and learn the differences between all these coffees. It's a, it's a whole heap of fun. 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. So as we're working into holiday season, or really, I mean, we're we're in the thick of it now. We're in the thick um, of it. Christmas music, play yes. on. Um, yes. So you said that you have a homemade uh, oatmeal cookie syrup yeah, right so now? Yeah, so right now, uh, yeah, we're serving an oatmeal cookie latte, and then uh, and it's really popular. We served it last year as well, and it and the best way to describe it is it literally tastes like an oatmeal cookie latte. I mean, it's just, it just tastes just like that. And that's a, that's a, uh, that comes from the might of chef Jacob, who we were talking about earlier. Um, and then rumor has it we'll probably have a peppermint mocha coming out here in, in a little bit. So so do you really, I mean, does that jazz you up to try the specialty coffees? Or? 100%. Yeah. I mean, listen, a, a vanilla latte or a peppermint mocha is is coffee, it's sugar, it's it's fat. Like, all those <laughs> things taste good. Sure. People who say they don't like vanilla lattes <laughs> are liars. And, like, people who say they don't like, mo- like, who doesn't like chocolate? I mean, like... Of course, I'm excited to taste like mochas and things. You know, I think uh, I think people who don't try any of those fun drinks, who don't enjoy peppermint mocha from Starbucks, are really boring people. Like I said, at Loyal Coffee, we love specialty things, but we're not gonna lie around here. Like like that stuff's good, and so yeah, we love making those drinks. And again, that's what that's what makes the people happy, and that's what we're all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I I. Between the old-fashioned and the latte, I think I, I have some drinks on the. You got some the, things to come by. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, I really appreciate your time. And then if anyone wants to listen to your podcast, where can yeah, we find you? Yeah, so you can find the Meaningful Hospitality podcast on pretty much any listening platform. So um, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I mean, the whole kit and caboodle, it's, it's all out there. I like listening on Spotify myself or, our, or Apple Podcasts. But, uh, but, yeah, you just search for Meaningful Hospitality and bada bing, bada boom, you'll be there. And you can hear this sweet voice uh, about once a week <laughs> on that podcast. I mean, hard to say no to that. There it is. And then, yeah, please go in and visit both locations, the Northgate location. Uh, you said it's your, your beautified spot. Yeah. I mean, as much as you love – Obviously, the downtown, yeah. I know you kind of spoke to that. Like, you're like, it might even be more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we definitely went hard on the design, and, and the north location is is definitely something to see. And the breakfast sandwiches. The breakfast sandwiches, <laughs> only available up north. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Tyler. It, it was a pleasure. pleasure. And thanks so much for listening. This is Dion Roberts with Rocky Mountain Food Report, your one-stop shop for all things food and beverage in Colorado. Cheers. Cheers.